0: These podcasts are recorded in Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada on Treaty One Territory, the traditional gathering place of the Anishinaabe, Cree, Oji-Cree, Dakota and Dene people and the homeland to the Métis Nation. Our water here is sourced from Shoal Lake 41st Nation and I pay my respects to the Inuit, First Nation and Métis Elders, past, present and emerging. Please note that these podcasts are for information and educational purposes only. Feel free to consult with your physician or your mental health provider before starting or changing any of these wellness practices. And if at any time you experience unmanageable symptoms, please call 911 or attend your nurse hospital in order to find the support that you need. Hi, and welcome to the Journey with Julie podcast. I'm your host, Julie Long, and I believe it's a need to heal, especially when we do it together. Hey, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Journey with Julie, the podcast. Today, I'm going to be chatting with Lana Hastings. She's a social worker specializing in mental health therapy for clients here in Manitoba and in Ontario, Canada. In her practice, Wellness Through Connection, she's committed to creating a secure space for clients that meets them where they're at in a space that's non-judgmental, facilitates growth, and is always open for feedback. As a social worker, Lana believes that the therapeutic process is a collaboration between therapist and client that's meant to feel balanced and safe. And as someone who's been a client and is a client of therapy herself, she knows firsthand that investing time, energy, and money into your health and wellness can be a very big decision. So in this podcast, we're going to explore how to maintain your power in the therapeutic process so that your needs are met on your terms. So welcome, Lana. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. You're a therapist here in Winnipeg. Mm-hmm. and We actually met in the EMDR training that Kelly Kenner Hutton put on at Peace of Mind. Um, And so, you know, we chatted about the importance of therapy. And it's interesting that your business is called Wellness Through Connection because, you know, trauma is a part of life. But if we're going to move through it, we have to move through it with people. You know, we're humans. And through that connection we can find the light on the other side, so to speak, you know? Beautiful.
1: Yeah. Connection to community, connection to your own emotions, connection to what your
0: beliefs are, what you value.
1: Yeah.
0: But knowing that most trauma happens within relationship, finding a relationship with a therapist, that's like the fit, you know, just like the fit for a pair of shoes or jeans is really important. So that's what this podcast is about therapy on your terms, not the therapist terms, but the client's terms, right? Absolutely.
1: Yeah. And as someone who has access therapy, um, I think I started going maybe over 10 years ago and I've had different therapists over the years, and I'm still in therapy. Mm-hmm. I actually just had a session at Safe Harbor, <laughs> uh, is the founder of Safe Harbor, and yeah. I go there for therapy as a client. And so having you know had that experience of going to therapy for the first time, being really nervous about it, um, having therapists that weren't the right fit, finding therapists in my life that were such a good fit, Yes. And uh, I feel like from a client perspective and as a therapist as well, uh, it's kind of a cool uh, dual awareness you can have of that process.
0: Totally. Because we have to remember the perspective of, of how hard therapy can be, you know, especially if someone's, you know, thinking that I could use some support, but they're scared, like therapy, nothing like, do I need a referral from a doctor? You know, like. Oh, it, it's like I'm gonna grab my glasses, you know, like sitting like a Freud, and and the therapist is like clipboard, you know, like there's stereotypes of therapy. Yeah,
1: I mean, I do have a clipboard right now, but that's just for my own. <laughs> oh yeah, radio station, good radio station anyway, <laughs> my old university's radio station. But yes, I went a little tangent there, but uh, absolutely, there's a ton of stereotypes about what therapy looks like, and honestly, what we see in the media about therapy sessions i have yet to find one that really resonates i know there are some shows that can do it well Mm -hmm. but wow there's a lot of um like not great uh models for what Mm -hmm. it looks like in media Mm -hmm. so yeah it's kind of neat to to demystify it and debunk some ideas around going
0: yeah so you know how does one find a therapist that they feel vulnerable with that they feel like, okay, this person knows what they're doing. So I feel confident that I'm going to be helped, but not so um, much of a power differential. Like, like my view, my, like I'm what I think I need doesn't matter because that therapist is the expert or, Like I'm I'm ashamed to say like really what's going on because I'm afraid they're going to judge me because they're so perfect and smart, you know? Um. Yeah, so you are the expert of your life.
1: You and you alone know what you're feeling, what you've experienced, what your history is, what your trauma is. And you are in the car seat. You are in the driver's seat. The Mm -hmm. therapist, hopefully, and if they're not, you can call this out hopefully are in the passenger seat or the back seat. They're supporting yep. you, they're mm-hmm. suggesting navigation. Yes. they're encouraging you and they're holding a space that is confidential that you two can move freely within. yes um, you get to control what you share what you don't share. And if the therapist ever asks you a question you're not comfortable answering, you can say pass. you can yeah. say oh, you know, pass on that question. You can change direction. If you ever feel like the therapist is taking the wheel from you, Mm -hmm. uh, you can call that out and Mm -hmm. or call that in maybe, you know, if confrontation is a hard thing for you, super valid, super understandable. You can just uh, maybe write an email after Mm -hmm. or just express uh, what you need in session to make you feel more comfortable and safe. Yes. Um, so I love using that analogy right off the bat with clients. And I also love saying to clients, if I'm not the right fit, keep yes. trying. Because yes. There are so many therapists out there and I might not be it and that's totally okay. Um, and I'm even really down to earth to give you a referral of someone that I might think would be a better fit. Yes, Your needs are not getting met here. So know that you can try a therapist and if it's not working out, you can try again. Um, and some hopefully are even open enough to, uh, help you navigate next steps and referring out.
0: Yeah, exactly. And, and clients have the option to call someone and ask questions before they even book an appointment and show up at the office, you know, because that's scary in and of itself, like draw. Well, if they're choosing in person, you know, sometimes there's, there's virtual options, but, um, you know, just going there, being physically present in the room with somebody, um, even if it's present during a virtual session, like that takes a lot out of someone. And if, if you want to ask questions before the call, before that happens, that formal session, it's an option, you know, you can call and ask questions and have your needs met before you even step into the the formal session you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. You can get a feel for it. Um, a lot of therapists offer consultations. So like 15, 10, 15 minute consultations, a lot of therapists on psychology today have videos of them talking. Mm -hmm. So you can kind of get a feel for their energy. Um, and yeah, it's a big investment time, money, energy on your part as a client. So you want to make sure it's worth all of those things. I sometimes like to encourage clients, but this this is just me. This can change for anyone, but to maybe try it out at least one to like three or four times Mm -hmm. that therapist. But you know, sometimes you have a gut feeling. You go in, you're like, (laughs) right, and that's fair and that's valid too. Uh, But I know there's been therapists I've gone to as a client and kind of wrote them off right away, but Mm -hmm. kept trying. Yeah went a few more times and then I went, okay, actually, no, this is a good
0: fit, right? Yes. Yes. And how did you know, like, Uh, how did you know that it, it like, yes, it might change after the second or third time. And then I know it might be asking your brain to go back in time quite a ways. (laughs) Um, but how did you know, like, yes, it will be okay to move forward with this person.
1: You know what? I didn't. I didn't, I didn't want to go back. And I had some people in my community and my circle say, give it another shot, mm-hmm. you know, just, just maybe go a couple, you know, it's a, it's one session, how much really can be observed in one session, you know, mm-hmm. sometimes you do know, but for me, it was the case where I think maybe I came in all arms crossed, like, yes. you know. What do you know? Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. And so uh anyway, it was people in my circle that encouraged me to keep going. Yeah. I'm glad I'm glad they did that and I'm glad I
0: did. Yeah, and I I guess it's kind of like a first date, you know, like <laughs> yeah. there's some iceberg breaking to be done in that first session, and then the next sessions can can shift and change as we settle into each other and and yeah. the rapport that's being built, you know, like it takes some time.
1: So Julie, wouldn't it be awesome if we set up a speed dating with your therapist <laughs> event? So you've got a bunch of therapists, you mm-hmm. come in at the client, you're shopping around yes. and you get to have five minutes with each. Yes. And
0: talk about who they are. You get to interview them. Yeah. Because if, you know, if we're talking about trauma, if people have hurt you in the past, maybe multiple times and really important people in your life, it's going to be hard to feel like you can be vulnerable with a therapist and that is completely natural, right? So it may take some time to really decide like, do I want to journey with this person? Absolutely. And you might be looking for something specific.
1: Um, mm-hmm. And maybe it's a certain fee, maybe it's cultural considerations. Maybe you want someone who knows about your background culturally, about your community, about your beliefs, you don't really want to have to educate someone on what those are. So maybe you're looking for something very specific. And that's why I do like going on psychology today, because you can kind of search for a lot of different things and have filters on things. Um, But you're allowed to have preferences for who you open
0: up with. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. Well, and like, there's different modalities too. like some people don't want to talk about it. Or some people um, don't even know what they would talk about. Yeah, they feel uh, uh, like, uneasy, but they perhaps maybe don't know why. So like something like art therapy, or Yoga therapy or somatic experiencing, like some type of body approach or neurofeedback, like something that doesn't require a lot of talking, you know, so that we can because as therapists, especially with EMDR, eye movement, desensitization, reprocessing, we don't have to know everything because a lot of the work is happening internally, right? We're just there to help facilitate the natural healing from within someone to continue to move, right? Um because sometimes there's some vulnerable things that we don't want to talk about. We can address them in therapy without having to go into detail because we don't need to know all the details unless someone wants us to witness what happened, right? And they, Or like narrative therapy, they want to tell the story or recreate the story on their own terms.
1: I really like the analogy of each modality or intervention therapeutically is like a giant tree and the little slivers in the tree make up one way of doing therapy. So right, you can have EMDR. That's one sliver of a whole tree. Mm-hmm. You can have narrative, you can have art therapy, uh you can have CBT, DBT. Mm-hmm. Um you know somatic all the ones you 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 talked about before it's really endless the type of modality and so it can be kind of a fun exploration mm-hmm. to research modalities in advance and see which one might fit with you and then yes. that can help inform what therapist uh, you might reach out to maybe you want internal family systems work um mm-hmm. you know maybe um, yeah there's so many there's so many that make up that tree and I think sometimes people, um, yeah, understandably don't really know what's out there, what
0: they're looking for. And so kind of, yeah. And sometimes people just want to like, oh my God, this is what's happening right now. (laughs) Like, I just need someone to listen to me or, or maybe give me feedback because the loved ones in my life, like, I feel like they're just going to tell me what I need to hear or what I want to hear. Right. But I want like an objective, um, person in the room that is not my family. So that when I'm feeling, when I'm validated by the therapist, then I, it feels like true validation, you know?
1: Yeah. And it's different because it's confidential. Yes. So we are bound legally to not disclose anything about your case, unless there is expressed harm uh, to yourself or another person. And only that piece alone with your awareness would have yes. to be shared with your emergency contact, um, or another agency in the community. But the confidentiality piece, if you think about it, everything you talk about in therapy, it does, it stays there. It doesn't yes. go anywhere else. And that's a really, I think, um, uh, important piece to how the process can work knowing that you are so emotionally safe in that space um and it is an objective perspective like you said
0: yes and it may take time especially if you know if people have been violated in regards to their personal health information or any other personal um aspects of their life you know that could be seen as another potential violation if we don't fully understand what confidentiality is and that that this is a locked room essentially for information, you know?
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and even still, like people can disclose to their therapist what they want, when they want, how much they want, when they're ready, you know?
1: Yes.
0: Just because you come to the first session doesn't mean you need to tell the therapist everything in that one time that can feel pretty overwhelming you know yeah. you can share when you're ready when that rapport has been established and you feel safe with this person and you trust them and you can let go and be vulnerable especially perhaps if you've had attachment trauma in your life by the absolutely. people perhaps that you that were closest to you absolutely
1: and when you think about uh, what therapists, you know, ideally are offering, it is a safe, validating, hopeful, understanding, strengths-based, and of course, confidential space. So, you know, as therapists, we are trained to navigate when our stuff comes up in the room, right, and be able to um, move through that and be able to work through that with self reflexivity and with our own therapist or mentor or supervisor or our peer consultation groups when things within us come up so that they're not splattering onto the client that they're, we're not projecting yes. our stuff and that's kind of a unique aspect of therapy as well, yes. right? So that that is our work. Um, as humans obviously we have emotions we have triggers we have things that come up but that's taken care of and Mm -hmm. the client is not impacted by that or if they are it's a great opportunity to work again by building that trust and rapport to move through what happened in the room
0: that's right in a in a healthy way that perhaps may not be experienced outside of the therapeutic room right absolutely yeah like in a lot of day-to-day conversations with family members, work, colleagues, um, friends, community members, whatever, when someone is sharing something with us and it reminds us of something that we've been through, oftentimes, like you said, like, well, the opposite of what you said, people will say, oh my gosh, that just happened to me. And they will override the conversation and they'll steal the mic from the person who was talking And then they'll take the mic and start talking about themselves. And that should not ever happen in therapy. While a therapist comes into the room and helps to co-create that space that's conducive to the client navigating through their trauma, um, that is a delicate balance to show up enough for a client that they feel like they're there with somebody, not like this, but like this, right? Um, So we won't, like our life does not come into the room. Yeah, our empathy and our kindness and our felt presence, like um, holding eye contact and our appropriate body language and facial expression when someone is is talking, like that's how we show up in the room that is not aggressive or overbearing mm-hmm. in any way. It's nurturing and supportive and validating. Yeah.
1: And, you know, at the same time, I think there's a huge strength for therapists to show their humanness. Yes. When appropriate,
0: when appropriate.
1: Um, but there in the mind internally, you're going, okay, is this more for me or is this more for the client? Yes. That conversation is happening where you go, okay, I'm actually, I'm really struggling as a human and I have this therapy session coming up. And sort of what's coming to mind now is one of my therapists who was a great fit. I came into the room and right off the bat she said, "You know, I'm really sad today. I'm struggling. My my dog died today." And I went, "Oh, no. Yeah. I'm, I'm so sorry to hear that." And we had a moment there holding space for her. And then we had a full session for me as the client what I was coming in for, but I remember thinking, "Damn, that's a good therapist because yeah. I didn't even know until now that therapists could talk about how they were really experiencing life. Uh, And I'm so glad she did that because it made me feel very connected. And to honestly, I had her on a pedestal before that Mm -hmm. session. Mm -hmm. And then, boom,
0: ah, yeah, she cries when her dog dies. I would too. Yeah, we're human, right? Yes, we're human. Yes. And we may have some strategies and tools that may be helpful for you to consider like that we can put on the table, but you're the expert of your life to determine whether that is going to fit or not. And together we navigate it, that wellness through connection, right? Absolutely, yeah. And so some clients, you know, like questions like, do I need a referral to see someone? The majority of the times it's a no, right? Unless some insurance coverage, in which case they would consult their insurance provider to see like, sometimes you need a, um, a referral from your doctor for athletic therapy or massage therapy or dietetics. Right. Um, so that those are questions to navigate with an insurance provider. But one of the other questions that often comes up a lot is like, how often should I come? How much time in between sessions, you know? So when a client asks me that, I
1: usually actually put it back to them and I say, I truly believe, you know, what feels too short, too long. And if this is your first session, go with your gut Mm -hmm. and then you decide if that was too long or too short or just right. Mm -hmm. But we can do weekly, we can do monthly, we can do as needed. Yeah. You get to decide. This is another,
0: you know, passing the torch back to the expert, which is the client. That's right. Yeah, and sometimes, perhaps the trend might be where people, if they haven't felt support, they want to feel it a little bit more often in the beginning. Yeah. And then when they feel like, yeah, kind of like when you are learning to drive. You have someone in the car seat with you, just providing you support, you know, as you're you're learning. And then kind of when you know how to do it, you know where you're going, you're like, hmm, yeah, I can do this on my own. I don't really need you in the car anymore. Um, And then maybe when you have a scary moment when driving or whatever, you might go and talk to the person and kind of get some feedback. Um, But otherwise, you're driving on your own. And that's kind of what therapy is like, you know,
1: I completely agree. I say it's a safe, confidential space for you to access as needed on your own terms. Yeah. Um, To get you to a point where yeah, you can go out on your own. You don't. You don't need the therapist as much, but you know that that safety net is there. Yeah,
0: that connection is there. Yeah, because life is going to throw us curveballs. It's just okay. inevitable. And for like, perhaps maybe the majority of the time, once we've learned how to tap into that inner resilience and that wisdom, we can rely on ourselves to figure out how to get through it. But if it's been a really heavy uh, or big. Um, adverse life event, or perhaps many back-to-back that are happening, kind of like in COVID right now, if someone, someone's loved one got sick and was in the hospital and they couldn't see them and they're, you know, they're not accessing their supports because we're in a lockdown, you know, like sometimes we need that person to support us, even though it may not seem like something really big has happened. Like sometimes it's just a constant drip of stressful events that we can reach out and find support and sometimes we might do that when we can't handle it anymore and we need someone like right now (laughs) or we might anticipate um okay I'm going to be going through a really stressful time over the next year and I think it's probably a good idea that I connect with somebody totally so the, the the floor doesn't drop out from underneath me beautiful
1: I I completely agree with that. And I was just reading an article reframing therapy as a weakness to therapy as a resource. Love that. That's what it is. I mean, we. I think actually because of a lot of world events and COVID, people are coming to therapy more and more and it's less stigmatized than it used to be. But you still hear, uh, definitely, uh, I have lots of clients that say, my family really can't know I'm in therapy, or, you know, culturally coming to therapy, this is seen as only for a very small group of people, maybe very, very mentally unwell people. Um, Or some people say, you know, I'm coming from a place where there is no belief about uh, mental illness and that kind of a thing. So this is the paradigm I work from. This is my experiences. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, therapy is a resource, and hopefully, it's a right fit resource. Um, and that's you
0: get to you get to decide as a client what that how that lands for you. You know what you just said reminds me of how some people. Go to the gym, or they know that I need to go for a walk or have some type of movement um, each day so that I can remain healthy. And uh, there are more than one dimension of wellness, physical being one of them, but there's emotional, there's social, there's occupational, financial, environmental, spiritual, and taking care of ourselves and all those different aspects of wellness is also important. So one might consider coming to a therapist, similar to coming to a gym, right? You might lift some weights, walk on a treadmill, go to an exercise class. The same thing is for therapy, but just finding wellness in a different dimension of wellness. Perhaps being social. If um, you're navigating some stressful moments within a relationship, you know you have to work on things in order for them to be healthy, or You know, someone, I remember when my brother passed away, like I had a lot of existential questions, you know, and like, what is the point of life? You know, what am I going to do with my life? Because now it just seems like it's real and I have to make use of my time here and finding like meaning, you know, and we might need to go to the gym to find wellness in that dimension, you know, or if we're struggling at work, you know, it's going to the gym, in my opinion. Therapy is like going to the gym.
1: Yeah. And I'm glad you mentioned all the different realms of health and wellness. Like it doesn't have to be therapy for people, or it doesn't have to be that it is for you and that fits for you and that's beautiful for some people um it might be going to ceremony or going to an elder yes it might be con- reconnecting with their community it might be um meditation or mindfulness it might be sewing or knitting um it It could be training for a marathon. It could be boxing. I mean, it comes and it could be lighting a candle, (laughs) watching the flame. Right? I do that often. For me, yeah, your gym is my pool. Oh my goodness! If I dive into a pool, I am like oh, this is so cathartic and therapeutic. Yes. And yeah, for me, it is is—it is uh, therapy and pool. So I maybe am a little biased towards that. But for others, it's like expand your horizons on what is your resource. Yeah. And put that in your toolbox and draw on it as often as you need, proactively, yes. reactively, whenever, just because. Yes. Yeah.
0: Yes. I actually am not a fan of going to the gym. I'm um, more of a homebody and like being outside, but it's um, like it's a it's a wellness practice that a lot of people in society have accepted or normalized, you know. Mm-hmm. And there are other ways to be well that are oh, not yeah. those um, yeah. traditional ways. And I'm glad that you brought up all those options because um, oh, yeah. we don't have to talk about things, right? We can create a song or sing or create art or cook for that matter, you know, express, you know, like mashing potatoes.
1: <laughs> yeah. It, it's funny, you know, like, because I'm a therapist, you know, the language I use is this is therapy. So I'll be like, I need smashing a potato therapy right now or i need to like break some eggs in my bathtub uh, or i need shower therapy or i need to lie in a pile of warm laundry therapy or i need to go play with my dog therapy so that's like actually how i talk to like yes people in my life um but for others they just might tap into like just what feels distant what feels disconnected i need to reconnect with my values how can i realign with Uh, my beliefs, my values, what gives me life. And that can be really hard because when you're depressed or anxious, struggling, uh, when you might be having thoughts of suicide, it can be the natural tendency to withdraw Mm -hmm. and to isolate. Mm -hmm. And and that makes it so hard to connect to what can be a lifeline, Mm -hmm. right? Yes, Um, Yes. And then sometimes when you isolate people, might assume they want space or they don't know they have no idea. So it's, it's calling for connection.
0: Yes.
1: In whatever
0: way works for you. Yes, within self within community, or within a setting like therapy. Yes, it can look differently for everybody. It's how it's arriving within you that matters the most. I love that word, arriving. Yeah. yeah. How is it arriving? Yeah. 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 How do people connect? Whether it's within themselves or yeah. with other people, knowing that connection is, you know, wellness through connection.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's in the name, really, and that was the name that was co-created with a community member uh, back on um, in Kenora on uh, Treaty Three territory. So, yeah, that that name has connection it's not something i came up with myself so um yeah i am really glad we touched on this because it it doesn't have to look any which way for people it's just like a buffet pick and choose try different things you might not like that you might love that
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and it's authentic to you right um but yeah in terms of uh shopping around we mentioned psychology today Non-insured health benefits provides eligible First Nations and Inuit clients with coverage for mental health counseling that are not covered for through other programs. So, um, if you have a status number, you're eligible for 22 sessions a year that's covered under that program. Um, EAP, Employment Assistance Program, can have work can have some options there. There's free therapy options, and if anyone goes to my website, I think there—I think there's a the drop down with support resources you can download. It's like a three or four page document, little bullet points of all the different services in the community, many of which are free. Mm-hmm. Um, lots of crisis lines. Might be some insurance coverage you might have. Mm-hmm. Anything else come to mind for you about how folks can connect?
0: Yeah, like there's different associations like mood disorders, anxiety disorders, yeah. victim services. Um, I guess it depends on, you know, the di- there's different organizations based on um, attributes of yourself or the event that have happened. And yeah. so that different um, situations can be supported in life, yeah. if that makes any sense.
1: Absolutely, it does. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's, like you said, different associations, some niche groups, some women's centers, some single parent centers. Yes. Um, also, some private practices, uh, I'm one of them, is can be practicum sites for students. So students that are getting yes. their degree, their mm-hmm. masters in counseling, psychology or social work. Mm-hmm. Um I have a student coming on in May and she's looking for clients and the sessions are $60 or lower. Mm-hmm. So options to go lower. Um whatever fits within your budget is likely approved. So um cuz I'm the one that approves it. So check, you can have whatever rate you want really through the student and that is um,
0: an option as well yeah i suppose it's similar to like massage therapy or like estheticians you know people have to learn how to do different services and yep. oftentimes it's offered at a reduced rate well yeah
1: yeah yes. and they are come in from a pretty rigorous program uh so you know they're uh they're learning of course we all are Um, You know, as social workers uh, or therapists with whatever modality it is, highly encouraged, if not mandatory, that you're always in supervision. Yes, 100%. People don't always know. I have... Monthly supervision, but I actually go more (laughs) because I'm a nurse. I love supervision so much. I love learning and unlearning and I love uh, getting feedback and seeing maybe where I've erred and how to remedy that. So yeah,
0: we want to help. We want to be in service to our clients. And so being the best that we can be knowing all the different strategies that we can learn in our toolkit so that we can offer them to clients because not every tool works with every client you know like everybody's different and so um evolving and growing as a therapist is is important to be in service of others
1: and i i always say the greatest strength that i have is knowing my limitations yes yeah i really believe that so i'll be like you know i really feel like i'm quite strong in this area and you're coming to me for this thing. I know a better fit for you.
0: Yes. May yes. Not be.
1: Um, so knowing your limitations as a therapist and being really
0: transparent about that is important, I think. Yes. And that consult call that a potential client can make with a therapist, they can ask those questions, you know, like what's your niche, you know, and what's not your niche so that they can see, is this a fit for me? You know? Um, yeah. Yes. So thank you for thank you for this if anybody does have a question feel free to reach out to lana wellness through connection.ca and we wish everyone well and until next
1: time thank you so much for having me you're welcome take care
0: thanks for tuning in to another episode of journey with julie If you feel like this episode has been of benefit to you, feel free to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast on my website or on Apple or Google podcasts. And if you have a question, topic, or story that you'd love to share, I'd love to hear from you. Please visit my website and leave me a note. If you'd like more, feel free to follow me on Instagram or Facebook, and I'll see you next Tuesday where we'll hear more about how to shift your life from surviving to thriving.